Hello, everybody, to this hello, wonderful hello, day. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, uh, hello to you. Hi, to you. Sam. Hi, Sam. Yeah, TT to you as well. <laughs> uh, life is good here. I will say I will be talking a little low because I am currently um, stuck in a hole as well. Uh, I made some cops angry and I'm trying to run away, but I also believe in being punctual with these podcasts so i am doing this well thank you and thank you for also having pretty i assume pretty good uh, sounding audio as well for uh, your whole dwellings it can be hard it can I, be hard i am recording on quicktime so there's a little advertisement for quicktime we got there if you want to yep. have good audio use quicktime i suppose uh, I- I don't know if it will be good audio is the problem. Yeah, I can't hear what your audio is at all, so it could be so. shit. Big news, everybody. There's big a lot of big news. Frickin' news. And here's the mm-hmm. news. Here's the news for everybody. Um, LeBron James, Space Jams 2, set to film, you guessed it, California. And guess who's producing it? Ryan Coogler. Coo- Coo- <laughs> Ryan Coogler. <laughs> uh, Ryan Coogler is uh, producing it. And am I excited? Uh, maybe. I mean, am I going to go see it in theaters? Yes. You're going to see that in theaters, really. I'm going to see it in theaters with my son. Is, what? I'm going to have a son. I'm going to... Oh, Ryan Coogler is who is he is he ryan he sounds famous i'm not is he wait, hold on a sec. i think yeah he's black panther guy oh it, yeah it says here his nickname is what? the coog that's not black panther the director of black yeah panther? I'm, I'm looking at it right now it says ryan coogler is the director of black panther fruitville station and creed one hmm. yeah so Space James, he's producing, you know, it's funny. A lot of the things he's produced all have numbers in it. There's the, it <laughs> yeah, first thing he produced was 30 for 30. Uh, and he's producing Creed 2, Space Jams 2, Space Jam 2, and wrong answer. Oh, so they're giving it a number, Space Jams 2? Well, I guess a, a, in the meantime, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't really have a, oh, actually, whoa. Actually, it has a photo. Oh, I'm looking at it now, too. Wow. Yeah. Some. This is going to be interesting. Wait, why? Why does this? On IMDb, it's like. It's got a weird photo. And also, here's, here's the funny thing. The guy who's directing this is like an artsy in uh, like art house director. Like Terrence he, Nance? Yeah, I, I'm looking at his credentials, and it's like a lot of uh, Sundance. Is he from America? He oh, is from Dallas, Texas. Which is, yeah, maybe, who knows. Um, but it's funny, because mm. the guy who directed Space Jam, he was like, basically, he was a Nike commercial guy. Like, he directed a bunch. Interesting. Yeah, the guy who directed Space Jam. Oh, what is this guy? Uh, he, looks, he, looks he looks pretty young. young. Looks as young as you and I, if we yeah. dared say our age. 52. <laughs> 79. Nice. Um, <laughs> so that was my news. 
Uh, what the heck are you trying to talk? Me. <laughs> what do you want to do? Uh, David Lynch has a new short. No. No. I haven't seen it at all. No, I'm not. I don't believe it. David Lynch has a short out. Hold on. Computer, uh, does David Lynch have a new short out? Zach, I'm looking it up now. <laughs> oh, fun fact, Zach Ferguson. Hold on, processing. <laughs> Joe Pytrica, director of Space Jams, was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? The guy who directed Space Jams uh, is born in the same region I am from. Huh, coincidence? And still living. And he's alive, yeah. Born in 1939. Wow. Uh, so I haven't seen the new David Lynch short, but it's called Ant Head. Uh, that and sounds scary. Whatever this, yeah, whatever this is, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, the, or this is on High Snobity. High Snobity, I guess is the, whatever. Oh, uh, this is good. It says it's the weirdest uh, thing that David Lynch has ever made. Oh, uh, yeah, it does not look... <laughs> It does it's basically not look 13 something. minutes of ants crawling over a massive head-like ball of cheese, raw chicken, uh, and mortician wax. Uh, why? Why? It's so... It's abstract AF, and you can watch it above. Huh. So you can watch it very uh, easily. I'm going gonna, gonna to watch it throughout this uh this podcast and i want to see if i (laughs) also a24 and apple just partnered up uh a24 is now going to be distributing a lot of films just to be released on apple Mm -hmm. um which is interesting just because uh it's interesting just how like a lot of these big tech companies and like kind of the cool hip industries are kind of teaming up together to make content and uh it'll be interesting to see if amazon rebuttals in some way you know like maybe amazon might be like huh they got a24 we'll go with magnolia pictures you know we'll see what happens i'm, I'm sorry i'm I, I don't think i can watch this whole ant head thing because it is freaky you're already watching it i'm not watching it well i'm uh it's it is it's literally just uh a head like a weird head with a bunch of wax on it um okay that's interesting by the way fun fact i don't i think i may have mentioned this on another episode but a24 is producing a tv show uh called Moonbase eight starring tim heidecker john uh, did i already talk about this uh i don't know if it was on the podcast but you we've talked about it yeah off off mic uh mm. it stars tim heidecker uh, John C. Riley and part Fred of our, by the way, I part was... of our sister show, um, on cinema at the cinema, very very objective look at cinema. Um, you should definitely see it. Yeah, very I don't know if it, I don't know if it's been out uh, recently, but anyways, uh, yeah, and Fred Armiston. It looks like it's gonna be funny. Huh. Yeah, well, that's a twenty four. Yeah, a twenty four is making a TV show. See, here's the thing. I know we've already had our A24 episode, but... Uh-huh. You want to do it A24, again? I, I think we might need to have a repraisal, because I think A24 has changed. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, they're, they're so branded. Well, now you hate them, apparently. Like, okay, I don't hate them, but they 
more than any other production company, are so focused on preserving their brand. Uh-huh. Like, if you look at all of their marketing stuff, uh-huh. for mid-90s, they were releasing all of this, all of these, like, little skateboard things that you can, like, finger skateboards. And it was, like, mid-90s branded. And, like, they, they do all of this marketing now, which is, like, at first it was cool. Like, it's a, it's a A24 film. Mm-hmm. But now they're, like, they're doing, they're, they're taking away, like, the, the, the independence of these independent films and and kind of just like mark it's all just about marketing you know maybe, it, maybe i don't know if you've seen this at all i haven't but mae a24 is going the way of like sundance film festival where sundance for, film well, festival is again, not, it, they don't market really at all yeah. they're not they're not selling they're selling the the films but mm-hmm. besides that it's just the films with these it's like it's like you're at an amusement park, you know, and you leave the movie. And I feel like A24 is going to start opening up their own movie theaters. And eventually Ooh. you're just going to be in an A24 gift shop. And I it's would... just going to be a bunch of A24 merchandise. Yeah. And it's like, I just want to watch the film, you know? Yes. yes. You want yeah. that? No. No, I don't want that. Uh, no, I don't want that. But it could sell, though. That's the thing. Is what? it can sell? It can definitely sell. People, people who don't really love film would yeah. love that. You know, people but, love brands these days. People uh, like just what? putting brands and labels on things. Uh, is you that know? true? This no, is an I, Apple product. Let's let's I, let's combine everything so it's all part of this brand. Yeah, maybe you know? we should get rid of brands. You know, get rid of labels. You know, we should imagine. You know. Uh, Dare I sing a song, but imagine don't, a don't, world... Don't sing a song. Imagine... Oh, I won't. I'll just say it, but uh, okay, imagine a world where there are no lab- labels. Too soon. Yeah, I know. You know... Uh, Aretha Franklin just died. Uh, yeah, and John Lennon is dead for a long time. He's been... Yeah, he's been he's been. And, and the Stan guy, Lee. Did we talk about that already? We haven't talked about that. I... Hey, you know what? He was 94 years old. Like, I think people would start to be weirded out if he lived forever. That's if, if like, my kids... That's true. If he if, was, like, if 102. My kids, no, 102. 120. Like, I mean, at what point... It's, like, what happens he's... Yeah, it'd be uh, weird Like, if, like 150, you're going... and he's, like... <laughs> like, that's the only noise he makes. <laughs> and people are, like, oh, I'm so happy he's still be, alive. And he's, like... It'd be weird if, like... You're going to see Space Jams too with your kids and like and there's Stan a Lee's random Stanley yeah, Stanley cameo in the film, <laughs> and they're just like, "Wait, this is a Marvel!" And also, isn't that guy like 130? <laughs> I'm 150. <laughs> um, it just always throws up like he's Gollum. Yeah, I yeah. think I would I would start to expect that he had like the I ring or something like, yeah i feel like he would he had made some deals with the devil at that point there's several uh point hey i have a question here's a little ask, ask. um why and i i think i've actually brought this up on this podcast before but why are people always making deals with the devil like why isn't there like who some else st- would you make deals with with god what happens you're just like okay god i'll give you my soul for internal life like why do you have to go to hell it's like fine you get to go to heaven because you you would think you know, like but I want I think that the story. Core kind of point is like, with with hell, it's kind of like yeah. But that's the you thing. know, there's it, there's a trade off. You exa- know, yeah. But like my thing is like you know, 
Like, what are you trading off with heaven? Get to hang out if, with God. If you to get to hang out with God, yeah, like he's like that's okay, kind of this. Like, all right, yeah, but you're still going to heaven. Yeah, you're still you're forever. Go- yeah, it's like fine. So when- you're still going to heaven, but you just don't get to hang out with me. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to be at the cool. Imagine that. I mean, that's kind of like oh, that would be kind of like hell. It's like, hey, I mean, can I hang out with you, God? Mm, from the Christian's perspective, so. hell is just anything that's further away from God, I guess. So if it's like, it's kind of teasing in a way. So maybe that would be a it hell would in and of itself. Oh boy. There you go. There you go. I just, I just think there should be a story where it's like, an, a, like a super nice story where it's like, God, I'll sell you my soul if I, if think I can go to heaven. I think that's kind of... That's kind of it's a wonderful life. No, it's not. I, I mean, mean, he makes a deal with an angel. I mean, he, it's basically it's just an angel being nice to him. Like, hey, don't kill yourself. They should. Mm. I would love. There's not, a, there's not as much risk though. Yeah, it you wouldn't. Know? There's yeah. not as much drive if also, it's not with the devil. It would not be a good movie, but it would be interesting to see a remake of It's a Wonderful Life, and it stars. Oh my god. Somebody like the the Jimmy Stewart. They're gonna do it. Yeah, They're yeah, do it. The Jimmy Stewart character oh is played by Mark Marin. Also, we should real quickly before we get into our actual thing today, um, talk about uh, the Radio Free Brooklyn update. Oh yeah. So um, we are confirmed for a set time with Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, if you guys don't know what Radio Free Brooklyn is, it is a online radio, so you can't tune in on Siri or XM or whatever you guys have. Um, But you can get an app, and the app's free. Uh, You can get the Radio Free Brooklyn app, or you can just log in online, um, and you can listen to us. Uh, It'll be every Sunday at 11 a.m. Nice. Um, So we'll be live every Sunday, and we are changing. We've already had discussions so far about um, how we're going to change up this... uh, Instead of just, you know, having two people just talking to a mic, so we'll be having to, a little more interviews. We're going to have some interviews. Um, we're going to talk we to have, a lot. Yeah, we, we, we're going to talk to some people um, and mix up kind of how we do it. Um, yeah, and it'll be great. And uh, But the only issue is right now we, we don't know exactly when it's going to start. Um, yeah, that kind of It could be late December. It could be mid-December. Uh, there's could a be little next bit year. of a, it, uh, I don't think it's going to be, well, it could be next year if, if it starts like around Christmas. Um, but yeah, but so it, be looking it out is for definitely that. happening. It is definitely happening. That's are, really exciting. We are steadfast getting a time yes. or we got a time. Good. So mark your calendars. I love it. Um, yeah. But do you have anything else you want to? No, I just, I feel like all this great news. I feel like dancing. Can you can you give us a little jig? Yeah. Ha ba did you jab did you do do I feel like you went through every single emotion a human being can go through just with that one that one jig that you just digitally in auto audio put into our yeah. eardrums. I jig. That was good. <laughs> I jig. <laughs> 
Well, let me tell my little dance, uh-huh. which involves also a topic. What? In fact, I'm dancing around the topic at this point. Um, the topic is, uh, for today, is a little thing called, um, well, it's, okay, it's not called something. Uh, it's a theory that I've been thinking a lot about, um, and I don't think I'm the only one that feels this, but there's a thing with a lot of indie films in which uh, people tend to just randomly start dancing uh and it's and it's you might think this is very vague but this is something that is like always it always seems to be in maybe not always but like in 90 percent of indie films there's just a random dance scene that is seems unchoreographed and just seems just kind of thrown in there but it seems a bit too long to just be like casual you know Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Ex Machina. There's a dance scene uh, with the one robot girl. Uh, uh, Call Me By Your Name. There's a dance scene where they're dancing to the... I don't know the exact Wait, song. wait, wait. Keep going. Um, a zombie on the dance floor. Dun, 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 Oh, yeah, and Chewbacca comes in occasionally. Yeah, that song. Um, uh, Jim and Jules, famous, no, the, Band of Outsiders is the famous. Band of, Band of Outsiders, I mean, that's. I feel like that probably started. I that's, feel like French New Wave started a lot of indie tropes. Yeah, and then, you know, of um, course, you have Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is one of the classic ones. Yeah. And also Reservoir Dogs. There's mm-hmm. a little dance sequence. Um, what? With the Wait. ear. With the ear. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, no, um, I mean, that's true. Uh, Grease. Clerks. There's a dance scene. Is there? Um, wow. I, but it's like a dance scene. That it's like but a, it's wh- like wh- a, why? It, why? Um, what's like, it called? Uh, uh, 20th Century Women. There's a dance scene. I mean, just if you name an indie film, there's a dance scene. Grizzly Man. At least in the last... Okay, not indie documentaries. Oh. He may have danced in that movie. He may have. They probably took it out because he was about to get eaten when he was dancing. Why would they take that out? Did oh, they show him getting eaten? I, I know. I don't know. I've never, never seen the movie. I never... Fin- yeah. Well, I watched the first part of it. Yeah. When it was, when it was pretty serene, but... I've only seen the trailer. Good old Warner Herzog. You know, he should... He should... Werner. He should... What did I say? Werner? Yeah, you said yeah, Werner. Sorry. I, I stopped taking German a while ago. So why do you but, think uh, these movies, like, put in these dance scenes? Is it... Do you think there's, like, a reason? I mean, I definitely like these dancing scenes. They... I always loved them. I, I mean, personally, I... Anytime I see just a random, and we're not talking like this isn't like just a, a cor- it's not a, like a slight, but sometimes they are slightly choreographed, like with Ex Machina, like the dance scene is slightly choreographed, but it oh, has to do, but it's I like, I love that scene, but it's in way. the story, like it makes sense why it's choreographed. It's not like randomly they're like dancing, and I, I would refrain to include, say, Ferris Bueller, just because 
that's that's not the sort of dance scene that I'm talking about. Y- like, you're talking about the scene where they're just in a cafe and they just do they're like it's like a small dance. It's, it's like something a, that could happen. Yeah. Like you could just start dancing and it looks like it's real. Mm-hmm. So it's not like larger than life. Like Ferris Bueller that wouldn't really happen. Exactly. I mean, it, they, they show it like it does happen, but it wouldn't really happen. Yeah. But something that could just randomly start happening. Like the Pulp Fiction one, they're brought up for like a slight dance contest. And they're not even really dancing well. They're just doing bat, the Batman, the Johnny Bravo. But uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to me just like how long those scenes are of people dancing. Mm-hmm. And, like, how people fixate sometimes on just those one scenes. And, like, I realized that I was going to, like, call me by your name when I saw the I dance scene. Because uh, I was just like, okay. And I, it's, I don't know why it is. I don't know why it is. Is it a good, uh, is that a good movie? You haven't seen it? No. I haven't seen a lot of movies. I heard it's. There's a Francis scene. Hall, American Psycho. I'm sorry. What? I'm going through a list now of a bunch of dance movies uh, of American, like random dance things. I do. Oh yeah. Ma- well, American Psycho has the the. It's not more dancing. It's more just Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. That I mean, that's all around a dance scene. Yeah, but uh, it's still it, it falls into that same category. I don't know. I think people just like to see people. I guess people, the thing is, is like, if people just don't randomly dance in real life, which I think is sad. I mean, it is sad. Then you have, then you have the wonderfulness of Bollywood, where people will just (laughs) break out and dance all the time. Like, they have to. Which is. We should do an episode of Bollywood, but I just don't, I know nothing about it. Well, I I remember I did a, a report in college about the, the difference between Hollywood and Bollywood. And domestically, Bollywood, not domestically. Yeah, is it domestically? No, yeah, domestically, Bollywood makes a lot more than Hollywood. You mean like within India? Uh, yeah, I believe Bollywood? so. Yeah, like they make a lot more. They they do something more than Hollywood. I believe it's either make more money or they make uh, more movies. More more dances, probably. Yeah. Well, and they all have. Oh well, yeah, no, no, no. I know they make more movies. Thing is, I think is, that's that's probably what you're talking about then. Yeah, I'm not really aware of too many Bollywood movies, though I know only two, and maybe we should save this for the Bollywood. Yeah, we should save that for for later. But um, yeah. So that no, yeah, just, there's also Francis Hall. There's a dance scene in there. Oh yeah, that's um. I did I tell you I started watching that and I was just immediately like, I, yeah, I you were turned I, off. I was. But Greta Gerwig is just so. Yeah. So just so yeah. great. Is she? I like her a lot. She's cool. I mean, I didn't love. I mean, it was a good movie. I didn't love Lady Bird. She gets the job done. But, oh, I, but I, was, I actually I did enjoy Lady Bird. No, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it. Didn't make me like love her more. Uh-huh. Um. Though then but, again. I, I think her as an actor is just such a... The thing is, is, like, she reminds me of, like, three or four different types of women that I know that see, I'm, aren't... I'm, art, but it's such a specific type of person, but she just owns it. She just owns it, and it's beautiful how much she's just, like, herself 
and like not any trope really all right well i think she probably is a trope she's the indie trope yeah but like if you started the indie trope you know Mm. well if we're gonna bring this back onto the dancing thing like do you feel like this this do you feel like throwing in this dance thing do you think it can ever start being a pain like do you think like having a random dance scene i think i think what you're describing yeah i think it is the pain i think i see a lot of movies that will just randomly put in a dance scene i was watching a movie ah shoot what was it um it was an indie movie and someone just started randomly dancing and i thought of you i'm like (laughs) oh this is an indie movie it has to have a dance scene um so and you'll see you'll see i i remember in like student films there would be random dance scenes. Just something yeah. about... I think... Dan, I think that? You know what it is? These random dance scenes are akin to modern-day musicals. Because there's not a lot of musicals that are produced. And honestly, to me, me, the musicals that are being produced now, they kind of feel a little weird. I don't know why. Uh, because... Like La La Land? Yeah, well, La La... You know why it is? Is they're all... They're not really staged or anything. Now they can use yeah. CGI... And we can throw uh, Ryan Gosling or uh, Mary Poppins into this CGI, mad like yeah, CGI. It's, it's, it's not magical. It feels because there was this. Maybe we should talk about musicals next week. But yeah, actually. there was there was this. There the Uncanny Valley was just tipped over into feeling good, um, where we could you know we could maybe see the strings, and we knew that they were standing in front of a green screen. But it felt real. Now, mm-hmm. Mary Poppins can actually fly. She can probably do a but princess. Do, you haven't seen any of the new Mary Poppins. Why, why do you keep shitting on the new Lin-Manuel <laughs> Mary Poppins that you, I haven't seen anything because, about? Because I watched the trailer. You and just I was, keep on pointing at Mary Poppins. I'm just, I'm just saying I also had the weird feeling during uh, Zooland. No, uh, La La Land. <laughs> Zoolander. Where it was like this very intense, you know, some parts were more mystifying than others. Um, but going back to your point that you think that these dances yeah. are a modern way of making musicals. I mean, it, I it's, it's our, it's our take on it. I think maybe. I think it's just, yeah, I guess, but I mean, it's, I feel like it's just a, it's, it's a, way of showing human um emotion without saying anything and i think it's a very easy well it's not easy but it 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 can be very useful in in having of relating to a character Um, yeah because like seeing them dance you're like if it's done well you're just like okay like, now I, I'm happy that this person's happy, and now, like, you see them dance, and if they're dancing, like, just normally, like, if they're just dancing, you know, just because they're happy, or if they're dancing or whatever to show however they feel, um, it's instead of telling people that I'm like, I'm happy, you know, it's like, look at this little dance thing. And also, people like listening to song like people like to like people like honestly some of those dance scenes that's how i learn about some new songs like for instance um in francis ha they play um david bowie they play a david bowie song i forget what it's called 
but they're playing a David Bowie, Bowie song, and Greta Gerwig is like dancing along uh, the street. And I've, I haven't heard that song in a long time. And if you have a good music supervisor, you can find a song that perfectly fits. Oh, David Bowie's Modern Love. That's it. You can find a song that perfectly fits what needs to be there. And when you find the perfect song and the perfect location for that dance, you don't need all these sets and all these props and stuff. You just need people to dance. And it and can be magical. But sometimes it can be forced. Mm. Well, that was beautiful itself. Sometimes um, also in um, in 20th Century Women, I think that was that seemed forced to me. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was kind of like a weird dance scene that it was just like also with Greta Gerwig. I can't, um, I can't think too much on what I... Uh, there have been a few I've seen that are forced, but I can't think of anything at the why moment. Why can't you? But uh, be, well, I just... I can't. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Uh, Though so I think in modern day, I think the uh, dancing in uh, oh, what's the, Ex Machia was a very well done version of it. That was a really good one. Uh, now to think of like what? Well, I I I very much would like to talk to you about some movies I've seen. Oh, you already want to skip there? Skip. I think we're there, baby. You don't have anything else to talk about with dancing? Uh, I mean, we could talk about... Uh, the The more I want to talk about is musicals, which I think we should do next week. Okay. Which Let's do it. involves dancing. And then we could also bring it back to this week. Mm. This is more selective of... What is... Da- okay, let's, what about this? What is your favorite... So is Ex Machina your favorite... Random dancing? Random dancing. I think even though you marked it out, I would say Ferris Bueller was my favorite. Yeah, see, I marked that out though. Yeah, you marked it out because it's a ho- it's a classic Hollywood movie. I guess it's like no. I mean, I, mean I I mark it out just because I feel like it's not real. Like it couldn't in that world. Well, it's like it doesn't. It seems a bit too large for life. Uh, I would have to. Th- I I would kind of have to think about this and maybe uh, because I do love random dancing. Uh, oh, uh, what about Big? There's a Big. There's, that's a good one. There's a dance scene with the the board. Um, that's a great one, yeah. And then also, of course, like dancing, oh, wait, you could really also do Dirty fun. Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Yeah, but that's about that's like about dancing. Also, did you like Dirty Dancing? I have not seen Dirty Dancing. <laughs> but I've seen that. Fan. I I saw that part in it. The the part with the I I just wish they they just kept putting baby in the corner so they could just keep saying that line over and over again. That's I love my that one line. Complaint. Put um, baby in the corner. <laughs> I wish they got into an argument about it and they're just like, no, put baby, put baby in the corner. Um, I think my favorite dance scene in an indie film. Oh oh, I was about to say this is musicals, but Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh my dill. That one scene where they're <laughs> doing the the trying to dance with the the women. Oh man, we're gonna have There's a great a... time. We're gonna have a great time next week because I love musicals. I love. I didn't it. know that. I do. Red Shoe is a great movie. That's like a musical, but isn't a musical. 
don't um, know that. What? That I like musicals? The Red Shoe? Yeah, it's a, um, it's a British movie, and it's fantastic. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it next week. What's another good oh, dance scene? What about Silver Linings Playbook? That's all about dancing. Yeah, that's a good one, I guess. There's a lot of movies with... Whoa, what the... I looked up the best dance scenes in movies, and number 26 is White Chicks. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> hey, who knows? And, Maybe it's and a that's, dance scene. I don't that's, know. Under, that's under Pulp Fiction. All right, I... I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's why those lists are always really weird. Uh, I'd freak um, out. I want to talk about movies because you led me on yesterday. Oh, I did. I'm still thinking of like the best dance. So my, I already said my. I guess, I guess I would say. Wait, did I probably say call it from "Call Me by Your Name" for right now? Just because I really, I guess a lot of these those dance things, I really just love the songs, and it's like mm-hmm. I want to dance too in this movie, you know. Actually, I take mine back because I agree. Um, the Ferris Bueller thing is like a whole production. I would say at this moment, Ex Machia is my favorite random dance scene. I think that's my favorite, like cinematic. Because it's like it's dance it's, scene. I like the way he put like puts it on. He's like, hey, if you like her, that like, hey she's just a robot but she like watch her dance yeah and then i think that's my favorite like dance scene that really pushes the story along because yeah. i think that's like really oh important no for this. no actually i have mine this is the official one peewee's big adventure tequila <laughs> okay that's it that's, that's true yeah. that's final that's the best <laughs> he invade it's like he's just about to die and he's like that's so true can I put on? Can I put on a music? I have one for you. Wow, and he's that's like, pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> did you know he was part of the Groundlings? I did not. I did Do you know, know what the Groundlings are. Yeah, they're a famous uh, improv troupe. But apparently, the funny thing. So there's like the, the Second City. You get paid yeah. to be in Second City. Nice. Groundlings is basically an acting class. So it's like if you're in LA, you have to pay to be in this this oh. famous <laughs> improv group. That's funny. And then if you're in Second City in Chicago, you get paid. Wow. To do the same thing. <laughs> Which is so funny. Well, that kind of shows how much you're willing to go for it. Yeah, I kind of like also I don't know. I mean yeah. there's there's notable people from both, but yeah. it's just like I don't know. I learned that today by listening to Conan O'Brien's new podcast. Oh, really? Um, I, he had Will Ferrell on. Oh, and, I should listen and, to that because uh, Comedy Bang Bang had Conan O'Brien on. Actually, Conan yeah, O'Brien... Yeah, I listened to that's That's why I was listening, because I was listening to Comedy Bang Bang with Conan. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I've, I've Two of the Earwolf uh, podcasts I listened to, Comedy Bang Bang and Unspooled, both had Conan O'Brien on. He's like making the... The rounds. <laughs> He's making the rounds. He's just like going from one room to the other. Um, but but to, no. to finish off, oh, yeah. God. What is what is yours? What is yours? I want to know. Well, I, I agree with you, but I also I think one of my I'm gonna regret this later because what I is just, life? For some reason, the um, just the the call me by your name dancing was just so. 
it was just such a perfect little like nugget of like okay let's just see these people dance because this is right before they were like starting to uh be together like this was right before they were like um before like right when he was starting to develop feelings for army hammer um they just have this little dance scene and it's just one of those things where you just feel like there's so much emotion in this little dance thing but it's none of it's like you know surface level it's all like kind of just there just floating and you just see it in their dancing you know and it's like that the, the, uh, Timothy Chalamet isn't really like the greatest dancer, but he's okay. But you don't he have can to still it's, move. You know, that's the real. thing. That's the thing. That's the best thing about it. He's not the greatest dancer, but he's pretty good. You know, he's just good enough that it's like, okay, I can feel it the way he's moving. And I can, and also the song is just, I think that's the main reason I'm saying this one for right now. It's just that's that song. What's um, the song? Um, Love Your Way by something i have to pull it up is it jimmy neutron (laughs) yo if someone made a dance sequence with the jimmy neutron (laughs) it ends it ends with them kissing and then it it, when they're kissing it goes jimmy neutron (laughs) love love my way by psychedelic furs that's the i like the thing and I, I also feel like I'm gonna really kick myself because I'll do it for I you. I feel like there's another. Thank you. I feel like there's another uh, one out there. Something out there that I'm not thinking of. I'm just trying yeah. to go through all like the movies that I love. Um, oh, of course. I mean, I have to give credit to um, the Lonely Islands, the fantastic Hot Rod, uh, hot punch, rage scene in Hot Rod. Yeah. Which is a parody of uh, Footloose. Yeah. Okay, let's continue to so, movies. Sam and I both watched a movie, a Conan mm-hmm. Brothers movie, and it was called The Ballad of Buster Skuggs. And I give it a 6.9, but everybody else I know loved it. I thought it was okay. What did you think? I I liked it a lot. And I, the only reason I'm going to say I liked it a lot is I think it's the only reason you can really like really like a new film and it's I'm still thinking about it. Like it's just it's it's left me I've moved on. You've moved on? I moved on and I'll tell you why I've moved on actually. Why have you moved on? I watched another movie. That's right. I watched another movie, and it is, honestly, I think maybe a, it's like close to perfect movie. What? Well, okay, it's maybe not a perfect movie, but I liked it. It's called Being There. Oh, by, the Hal Ashbery film. Yes, the Hal Ashbery. Uh, has, ha, no, Ash, Ashby. Hal Ashby. Ashby, yeah. And it's it's got, I really didn't know what it was about. Um, but it stars Peter Sellers as a very simple-minded gardener, and it in it's a predicate predi- it, it predecessor. starts a predecessor to Forrest Gump in the sense that it's about this guy who's lived in this house his entire life. He's never moved out, and then when his caretaker dies, he travels all out into the world, and it's so funny. 
because the opening scene is him going like going out of this what you assume to be like this really nice house like house in in a and like but it the house is like in like kind of a uh like this like the the real world that uh, people mm-hmm. are are people are uh starting fires in a in a like a trash can there's broken down As cars the real world is yeah like there's a cop car there's fires yeah and it's also cool because they do a remix of the 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, that it, was really cool. I actually watched some of it. You've seen being there? I, I saw half of it, and then I fell asleep. I thought, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I needed to I thought it was continue. really good. And it, that was actually really cool, that, that, that remix of the 2001, or the whatever it's called. Yeah, I love it when uh, movies do remixes, too. That was so cool. I forgot about that. That reminds me of the 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 because they jazz it up. They make it like hip hoppy, yeah. and they yeah. did the exact same thing to um, another thing that reminded me of that is the remix to the um, Psycho theme song in Reanimator. Yeah, where it was the same music, but it was punched up. Yeah. It was more fast paced and a few That's more eighties electric- thing. Yeah, and they kind of bringing it back in a way. Especially with all these remakes, but um. So, anyways, I loved being there. Ballad of Buster Sags. Meh. I mean, they're different. One's a western. The Ballad of Buster. Okay, this is why I liked it so much. It began. It begins. It's it's vignettes. There are a bunch of vignettes. Six vignettes. Okay, spoilers. Six <laughs> vignettes. The first one, I was like, I don't. I I knew nothing about this film before going in i didn't know it was a bunch of vignettes really yeah I didn't oh then know. maybe you were more surprised because i watched the trailer and i've read articles no i knew nothing about it okay. so going into it the beginning i was like where is this story gonna go like how is this gonna be a two-hour film i was like this character is so over the top and nothing is changed it's just it's just so over the top and then it just gets more and more over the top, and I was like, "Oh, what? What's going on?" Like, I, but like while it was getting more and more over the top, I was still enjoying myself. I was just like, "This is this is weird." Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what to expect. And then the vignette ends, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it's a bunch of vignettes." Oh, and okay. then and then that's kind of what made me realize, like, where this is gonna go. And I think. What was so great about it is the vignettes were all how he was organized because it, w- it really went from, like, I forget what the next one was after the first one. Uh, that was uh, James Franco's one, which oh, is hilarious. It. it is funny, but it's also really simple, and it's I also ri- hate James Franco. Yeah, which I don't um, understand. I mean, I actually, don't under- sorry, sorry, sorry. I actually, I totally understand. I totally understand. I just don't. I understand. Don't I think ju- about it. I, I just, I don't think he's that bad. I just don't think, I, like, even watching this film, I was like, he's not a good actor. Like, he's not a good actor. He does what he needs to do. He's just so pompous. I actually, I've been watching, that, uh, I think he's not half bad in, in Deuce. Oh, I haven't seen it. Like, the thing is, is like, yeah, if you if you give someone a billion shots... They'll be good at something eventually. Well, he but he 
kind of hit it off on the first try with the uh, Freaks and Geeks. That's actually true. I did like him in Freaks and Geeks. And I love him in Spider-Man. One, two. He, you just like Spider-Man. I do love Spider-Man. I feel like you could have replaced him. But anyways, that story was simple. Mm-hmm. And then the next story was sad. Mm. And then the oh. next story was like sad, but then uplifting. And that the middle story was my favorite. And once we got to the middle story, yes. that's when I was hooked. Are I you loved t- the middle story. Are the you talking? The prospector with oh. the gold. That's your favorite one? That's my favorite. Okay. Because I it, it had so many turns mm-hmm. and also spoils. Um, Spoiler. We should probably not spoil as many things. Eh. On, anyways. We, we say um, spoiler. And we do say spoiler. Um, when he gets shot in the back. Yeah. And. I thought he was going to die. I, I, I was, I did not expect him. Even though they had that shot of him looking at the hammer, mm-hmm. which is really good, like just showing that like he's gonna grab it, I I was like he's dead. There's no way he could have survived. And but just how long the Cohen brothers held the assassin, like looking at him and putting the gun down and like just slowly watching him, like put like make the tobacco cigarette. And looking at the owls around and just like watching the assassin just it made me forget about the person like i was just like okay this is a new character you know this is a new person that he's now showing me intimate details about and then boom and then it changes and i was like oh wow that's crazy like i was i've i i guess i haven't seen a film that had done that so well before um and, no i agree and, i thought that was the pretty good though i would say my favorite out of all the stories is the the nervous girl one the nervous oh so the next one that yeah. was also really good zoe I thought that one. she's yeah. married to paul dano oh okay zoe kazan she also wrote wildfire uh ooh, don't know what or that wildlife is. i mean wildlife what else new has paul- she been in She's been in a few Broadways. She's actually um, Zoe Eli. She I did research on this. This is why uh, I know she's Eli Kazan's granddaughter, and Eli Kazan directed On the Waterfront. Right. Well. Um, and she she hasn't been in that much. It's been a lot of like she was in TV the Big shows. Stick. She was in Big Stick. Yeah. Um, but I thought she was great. I thought the I liked that was the thing a good I liked, story though. Yeah, the thing and I like about... the ending story... Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Well, the thing I was going to say is I thing I liked about this movie is not a, there wasn't a lot of famous people mm-hmm. in it, or at least people who had... I mean, there was big names for like the main people, and then everybody else was here and there. I like the, um, the ending scene just because it reminded <sighs> me of uh, The Hateful Eight. How did it... It just ended with them closing the door, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, uh, the actual ending of it wasn't great, but it was, like, more just, like, the people in the, in the like, chariot or whatever. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan me, of that story. It reminded me of The Hateful Eight and how, like, just Tarantino likes just writing dialogue. Though it's I kind of, like, funny. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was but very I, much... I think I had the reverse thing with you. Because I needed a palate cleanser because the movie I watched before watching this film uh-huh. was this movie called Adaptation. 
Oh, the Spike Jones movie. Yeah. Love that movie. What? I did not like that film. Oh my goodness. I did not like that film. Now, it that, just, that I the, don't understand. That was, it was the same thing as Magnolia. I, well, I like Magnolia. I love Magnolia. You, so you like movies that are meant to be really confusing? Uh, how's and, it like, confusing? have no reason. How, uh, it was I so it, confusing. I will like, say, it, I did laugh at the scene where they're driving... And I, I've been trying to And he find flies it. out of the car. Yeah, because his body Sorry, is obviously <laughs> a, a dummy. And I really want to recreate that scene. I mean, Nicolas Cage, that's true. Nicolas Cage is good in it. It's just, I just I th- don't, I thought he was I fin- don't like, it's just too much about the personal struggles of a writer. And I'm like, Barton Fink did this better. Oh, I don't I, know. I have not seen that movie. So I, I think was just it was just a bit more crazy, and this was like I don't know. I, I thought just, it was I thought it was pretty crazy. I, I mean, I, there was a lot of car crash scenes, and then you also have the hilarious scene where he's at that writing uh, seminar, mm-hmm. and the guy just goes off on him. He's like, "If you have nothing to talk about, then why the fuck are you here?" That's true. That was funny. But then he like then they go out to the bar and then it gets serious again and I was like okay you didn't need this scene like you this has no additional value you should have no. just ended it there no I think it was it was nice that they went out to the bar he was looking for more answers and the it shows that this guy is is theatrical so him ye- he can yell at this guy one bit and tell him he's a waste of space and then the next bit he can be like hey chin up bucko people yell at you in life and then the whole thing with his brother being more successful than he is <laughs> i thought it was funny and i like it that for some reason there was a choice of having charlie kaufman have a twin brother <laughs> it's very strange but i thought it was a great I movie d- i just didn't i don't know i think chris cooper as the the uh the flower guy uh the chase scene was I no yeah, it was, I think the it was out thing, there. I think the chase scene was where I kind of just started losing interest because the chase scene just seemed like it was thrown in there and it just it was just like okay end it with the chase scene. It's like great, mm. you know. And this is where you're gonna throw in the line that defines the film. Okay, cool. Which is um, you love what's the line? You love. It doesn't matter. You love what you kill. No, it's like it, it. I care about what I love, not about what the person I love loves me, or something about like just it, the only thing that matters is what you love, not about how that thing feels towards you. Um, and it was kind of just thrown in there, and I was kind of like, okay, that seemed kind of just thrown in there because there's a chase scene. And, well. Uh, I like it, and I would recommend people to go see it. Though I would yeah. say Being There is the movie to go see. I would say Being There is definitely, from what I've seen, is better. Yeah. Uh, and and Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I would, eh, I would go see some of his other films before you go see. Well, this yeah, one. okay, definitely see Fargo first, but like. Like I think you should, in my opinion, I think this is a movie that you, if, you know, you there's so many other fantastic movies out there that. I would only watch this if you are already a big fan of Coen Brothers. Which you should be. 
Yeah, I think you, by this, if you're listening to this podcast and you've listened to all our podcasts and now you're a full-fledged movie fanatic, by this point, yes, you should be a Coen Brothers fan. Which, honestly, Sam, another future episode, maybe we should do an episode on Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers, yeah. Because yeah, I, that would be I, interesting. I have a lot to talk about them. They they uh, shared a flat, or they all lived in the same apartment with him, the brothers, uh Catherine, uh, Kate, uh, Kate Bates, Blanchette? no, no, Ka- uh, Catherine Bates from Misery, and uh, my good friend Sam Raimi. Oh, God. Did I ever tell right, you we'll that? We'll do that a future. Yes, you have told me that. Okay. Well, we can talk about that more at another episode. Yes. Anyways, uh, thank you all. Thank you. And uh, good night, my lovely G- people. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.